Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity 2.0, the One True Podcast. And Matt, the only podcast that causes suffering so that other people can embrace the love of Christ. Uh, that's the best way. It's the best way to do it, I think. Pain. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just Pain. Jesus kissing you, basically. <laughs> I'd like you to bring the children unto me, but first beat them a little bit. Yeah. They must feel you the gotta, pain. You gotta uh, join, participate. You have to participate in Christ's suffering oh. in order to get blessings. Does that mean I have to be nailed to a cross? Yeah. No, I thanks. So. I think so. Chuck, um, really, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, this podcast is about Mother Teresa, and uh, as everyone knows, Mother Teresa was a holy woman, a saint, if you will. Who, um, uh, that's what I grew up hearing. Catered to the poor, I suppose, in Calcutta. She and across to the, the world. That's nice. Like she, Matt, did, did you them. know she was from Albania? Did you say Albania? I did. Albania. Albania. Albania, you border on the Adriatic, you are mainly mountainous, and your major export is chrome. What, you... <laughs> <laughs> what uh, in the hell? What just happened? <laughs> that's, um, that's the Albania song. Um, that's that, the national you know? anthem of Albania. <laughs> Whatever the word... <laughs> Albania has mentioned the yeah. song must be sung. I don't know. You, if you are somewhat of age, you may remember a show called Cheers. No, Cheers. I do remember Cheers. Remember Cheers? Remember Coach? Remember uh, Coach? He was on the first season or so. Unfortunately, he died, and then yeah. Woody came in, and Woody. Ted Danson was there. Shelley Long, Kirstie Alley, yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's some episode where they're like getting their GED or something, or it's like Sam never graduated from college or whatever it was. So he's like taking night classes. Coach is helping to remember, uh, like their study in like Eastern European countries or something. And he's like, I just make a little song to remember these things. <laughs> Thus, Albania. Uh, hey Chuck, where does Albania yeah. border on? Uh, Chrome. Exactly right. See how it works? Did I get that right? Some mountainous <laughs> region to the east? I don't know. I wasn't listening. The mountainous Adriatic, I believe. Oh, the mountainous <laughs> Adriatic. <laughs> full of it works. It works. Uh, should we get to skunk dicks first, though? We shall. I, got, I claim first dick. All right, skunk dick away. This is also something you have to learn to say really fast. Suspected Manhattan feces flinger. He was a feces flinger from Manhattan. Wait, was he, did he actually fling the feces or was he just suspected of doing so? At this point, he is merely suspected of doing so. Actually, since this, (laughs) since this news item is from like eight years ago, I don't know, (laughs) maybe July, (laughs) but you know, our recording schedule, um, he could have gone and served time and been out by now and free to fling again, but hopefully not. What is the minimum mandatory sentence for feces flinging? It's probably less than possessing pot. Oh, my God. He didn't fling it so much as he apparently (laughs) pushed a bag of feces down a woman's pants. 
Yeah. God. So this guy arrested for attacking at least two women with feces in Manhattan. This 42-year-old man identified as Equan Hill, or maybe Equan. I don't know. Uh, apprehended at a Brooklyn homeless shelter. By the way, not one of the best places to be apprehended. Uh, kind of sad. Not my choice. Not my first choice. No. Uh, after police received a tip. Hey, I, I think I know who was flinging feces. And uh, he's at the homeless shelter. Uh, as he was led from the the shelter, well, actually from the article, it says from the police station to a patrol car, which is weird. Wouldn't they be taking it from a patrol car into the police station? I don't know how it works. You know what? I don't question the news, Chuck. I just read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> is there a point? Is there a point somewhere behind this? We finally find the true feces flinger. <laughs> it was Jesus. <laughs> there were... As there are reporters hanging around to hear about uh, feces flinging. And he told reporters, God did it. God did it. Yeah. And then a reporter asked, why the filth? Which is, seems like an odd question, um, or at least a strange way to phrase it. Uh, and Hill replied in some sort of reference to Muslim religious leader Louis Farrakhan, which I don't get, but saying, it's a Farrakhan. Sometimes they bring you here, they enlighten you. What they do to you, they try to turn you into a slave on earth. So, clear? Uh, I, what does that have? <laughs> well, clear now. Now I said that. It has to do with the question. Um, they say he has 21 prior arrests, and police have said that they have no documents of any psychological history. Uh, but, quote, we believe that he does have some issues. I, I concur. I, I think concur. he has some issues, yes. Yeah, so there's video... I get, you can't really go anywhere in New York, probably, without being on video somewhere. Um, yeah, he shoves a bag of feces down the pants of a 20-year-old woman who's walking down the street. There you are, just walking down the street, and someone shoves a bag of feces down your pants. Welcome to New York. Yeah, uh, clearly mental issues, clearly. Um, I, I just, I'm speechless, so I'm not sure. Well, I'm not I, sure what to say about that, except that Jesus needs to stop shoving bags of feces yeah. Down women's pants. I'm inclined to take him at his word. I could totally see Jesus doing this. You know, here, have some shit. <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah. the worst thing he's ever done to the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Matt, as we heard from God's Not Dead 2, according to Oh, review Luke, coming soon. <laughs> according to Luke 15, 8, And I, the Lord, shall shove shit down your pants in times of strife. It's it's amazing how you just had that, like, you just knew that. <laughs> Usually, though, it's an answer to a direct question. <laughs> I don't, let's not ruin it for God's Not Dead 2. All right, all right. All right, what well, do you Why know? don't we just do that instead of the Mother Teresa podcast? Oh, okay, yeah. Far more interesting. Uh, you got a dick? Yeah, I got one. I doubt it. Uh, Christian activists fear she'll never be able to use a public restroom again if Target Boycott fails. Oh, no. Matt, apparently this Christian activist exclusively goes into Target public <laughs> restrooms. I, I read this article, I'm like, like, any public restroom? That is it. If this boycott Target. fails, I have no public restroom options <laughs> whatsoever. I gotta say, Target's restrooms are pretty nice, and, you know. If I have the choice, I'm using a Target. Well, Matt, if we do not keep the pressure on Target, this will quickly 
We know how major corporations are. They are scared to death of anything that isn't politically correct. Uh, this will spread like wildfire and will not go, be able to go to the bathroom anywhere. Even in your own home. <laughs> anywhere. Right. That's right. Transgender people can just walk into your home yeah. and knock me like, hello, I'm here to use your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough. You know, that's that's terrible. Nowhere. She won't um, be able to go to the bathroom anywhere. It's going to be hard times ahead for this Christian activist. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to be holding it. You get that, that, That's bad, right? There's got to be some sort of health risk there. Can't Clearly have people unhealthy. holding it. Clearly unhealthy. She's going to end up with lots of urinary tract infections. Yeah. Oh, God. This is Sandy Rios, which that kind of sounds fake. It's not some fake name from a sitcom. Sandy Rios. <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure all Christian activists are (laughs) fake. Like, even, let's say, this this goes through, and all bathrooms are transgender. Even for a Christian activist, how big a problem is it going to be? It's not like they're 50% of the population. Matt, you give them the right to choose their own bathroom, and they will be everywhere. Well, next thing you know, they're going to want to get married to each other. Yeah. Yeah, and then who knows? You can't keep it straight. And then, is this the end of civilization, as they've been telling us all along? (laughs) The true end of civilization is when there are no more public restrooms available for anyone. That's right. You know, that that actually would be kind of a civilization ender, actually. (laughs) It's like, hey, it's like New York. That's why the guy's playing in feces. Put a goddamn fucking public restroom somewhere in New York. Jesus. Well, you're just telling you're telling the guy to just go shit anywhere. Uh, exactly. No public you know, restrooms for you, asshole. That's why he he couldn't hold it anymore, and God told him, "Just go, man. Just go." Clearly, no public restroom. You shit in a bag and shove it down someone's pants. He's got no other choice. Somehow, that first skunk dick is all the fault of Sandy Rios. <laughs> I haven't tied it together yet, but really, sure. or is it the transgenders? Oh, God. It's hard to say. It's probably Target. Target, Target. It's Target's fault. <laughs> and what else you I, got? I, I, I'm sorry. One more thing about Sandy Rio. This, I, I know her, her bigger point is that, like, if they don't, if their boycott against Target doesn't work to keep them having their split, you know, gender-specific bathrooms, then all corporations shall have, you know... Common use bathrooms, because that's what Target's doing. They're not just saying, hey, anybody can use any bathroom, although they are saying that, too. But I'm pretty sure they're putting in, um, what did I see their plans say? Like, just individual use bathroom. You know what I mean? They're they're putting in, uh, they're spending something like $20 million to put in individual use bathrooms. So so what you're going to have is you're going to have a male, a female, and then, you know, when you go to the movies and it's got like... Like the family Male, female, bathroom. both. Yeah, you just yeah. go in there, you can change a diaper. Oh, yeah, that's the end of the world. That's the end of the fucking world. I know. You see those bathrooms popping up, you can just pack up and fucking head for Canada. God. Why should we make any comment? We're just going to make a whole third bathroom. No! No! <laughs> no, I can't do it! Yeah, that gets to the root of the problem. It's not that... They care about anyone's safety or right. privacy. or They just care about fucking these people over. Yeah. Just no Make accommodations. accommodations. No, whatsoever. I'm sick of it. It's like, what's his, what's his name? Orson Scott Card. 
Listen, I allowed you guys to have civil unions, but gay marriage, my God, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm calling for armed insurrection against the government if that happened. <laughs> Actually, that guy might have the right uh, solution. You just carry a plastic bag around with you everywhere you go. Yeah. Shit and piss into that. Just uh, problem solved. Oh, yeah. Or oh, then you just make a deposit onto a normally gendered person because they can go into a regular bathroom to get rid of it. Yeah. You just got to say, fuck you for being so politically correct. I'm just going to shove this bag of shit down your pants. It's really a form of Christian activism. Right. And now how tolerant will you be, Chuck, of their (laughs) tolerance? (laughs) Now that we've allowed you guys to do... (laughs) We're the intolerant now because we just named the feces flinger as a skunk dick. And really, he was the solution this whole time. I love that, too. You know, the Supreme Court decides against it. They're like, okay, now that we've allowed the Supreme Court to decide against us. We'll see how tolerant you guys are of our bigotry. Uh, You know what we really need here? We need a skunk dick with uh, a sense of irony and or just desserts or both. You got one? I got one. It's Tony Perkins. Wait, wasn't he the guy in Psycho? Tony Perkins. That's Isn't Anthony. He the uh, the uh, success guy. Does Anthony. a bunch of self help shit. No, that's Tony Robbins. No, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Dude, him. Now that guy is no Trump. Have you seen the hands on that guy? Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> he could palm my skull. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, no, Tony Anthony Perkins. That's who's a psycho, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was a long time. Ago. Norman Bates. Tony Perkins is president of the anti-gay religious lobbying group, the Family Research Council. One of those bullshit groups where they put family and blah blah blah, but really we're just a hate group that's covering it up with a family. Yeah, really. By family, we mean the traditionally Christian accepted phrase of anti-gay. Now this—that's what family yeah. means now. Yeah. <laughs> Family exactly. Research Council means fuck the gays. Now, this is the guy that in the past has claimed that natural disasters are merely God's way of punishing our gay-friendly world. You know, all yeah, the things do. Uh, Katrina, Sandy, you know, whatever. Well, that's how you explain natural disasters, right? You know, it's God getting angry. Yes. And it's always because of the gay people. It's no. not. Yeah, the gays, the gays have apparently pissed off God quite a bit. Over the mm-hmm. past several years. He's he's really angry. Well, now the foot's on the other hand. Ha-ha! <laughs> or whatever that saying is. Because <laughs> just guess whose home has been lost in a flood. Now, I'm I'm not saying that I'm happy about this because this is a tragedy. There's The rain in Louisiana has been apocalyptic. Biblical proportions, Chuck. Well, yeah. Perkins dis- himself described the flood. As biblical proportions. That's right. So, yeah. The rain in Louisiana, huge floods, thousands of people displaced. Uh, people, you know, it's been, people have been dying. Uh, and Tony Perkins' home destroyed in a flood. The irony. Is 11 delicious. people dead. Uh, the flood destroyed over 40,000 homes. Now, Jesus. isn't it within God's power to miraculously save Tony Perkins' house? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's probably some gay stuff going down in Tony Perkins' basement he it the article says he's careful perkins was careful to point out this particular flood wasn't because of the gays but rather quote an incredible encouraging spiritual exercise to take you to the next level 
in your walk with an almighty and gracious God who does all things well. You know. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's what this flood was about. <laughs> this particular flood. The righteous experiment. Now those right. other flies. Spiritual exercise. Because of the gay people and all the crazy anal sex. But this flood was uh, in case of courage, spiritual exercise. And I feel quite, I feel great. How do you guys feel? Yeah. 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 How do those 11 people who died feel about their spiritual exercise? Oh, yeah. How do the other 40,000, you know, families who lost their house were like, yay, spiritual exercises. Well, 39,999 of them were probably gay, and Tony Perkins was the only un-gay dude there. I guess God was just thinking, you know, as long as I'm punishing the gays, I might (laughs) as well give Tony Perkins my favorite child an encouraging spiritual exercise. (laughs) Because he needs to be taken to the next level. It's punishment for you gay people, but for you, Tony, an encouraging spiritual exercise. Well, thank God he could figure that out. I mean, otherwise, what else would he have to... Th- what would he be thinking right now? I guess yeah. he'd be thinking he's gay or the, something. The cognitive dissonance would be too much. He'd just <laughs> I, explode. I could see Tony Perkins sitting around going like, Am I gay? <laughs> house was destroyed. Uh-oh. I guess I'm gay now. Uh-oh. Let's come home to roost. <laughs> and then he'd be like, Well, thank God we can use bathrooms and get married. Yeah, well, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with the poop flinger. The feces flinger, eh? I'm sorry, suspected. Suspected, yeah. Feces Allegedly. Flinger. This was an alleged yeah. crime, Chuck. Yeah, I don't, you know, we're in this country, we're all innocent until proven guilty. So I don't want to jump the gun until he's convicted of the crime. He's alleged feces flinger. I'm going to go with God allegedly giving Tony Perkins an encouraging <laughs> spiritual exercise. Allegedly. I hasn't been shown to be true yet. We're going to have to... Tony Perkins does have a direct line to God, so we're going to have to uh, call him up for after every disaster and ask him, is this an encouraging spiritual exercise, or was this for the gays? Yeah. <laughs> does he have a television show? Can we kill that on air? Would that get on air? It wouldn't get on air. <laughs> I think it's uh, radio. He has a radio show. Oh, he has a radio show. That's perfect. Call him up and say, like, I'm a good Christian person. This is what happened. And then let him and then let him say something like, oh, it's just a spiritual exercise taking you to the level. Then you could be like, oh, good. I thought it was because of all that anal sex I was having. Yeah. And get turned up the gay porn in the background. (laughs) Put it into the porn music machine. happened before that's never happened this is an, another unprecedented moment on irreligiosity uh, instead it's uh glenn beck slash ted cruz I, uh, it's more glenn beck i think on this one all right do you remember you know glenn beck's been a huge ted cruz fan you don't have uh, to explain it i'll just accept that as the skunk dick winner and just move on he, <laughs> <laughs> really does require no explanation does it but you know what? 
Go ahead, anyway. I mean, you're here. I'm here. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny because Mormons aren't big on Trump, you know. Uh, Mitt Romney doesn't like him. Um, and, I, I, you know, I've wondered why that is. And I've come to the conclusion maybe that Mormons have their own history of uh, open racism and discrimination. And they don't like it so open, right? They like it to be veiled like Republicans. They like it to be just beneath the surface. Not so obvious. That's what Mormons like? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll accept that for now. If it's too obvious, then they're, you know, they're already vulnerable on charges of racism and institutionalized discrimination, right? Oh, yeah. They withheld the priesthood from black people for 150 years. And so they prefer their racism cloaked a little bit. Like, say, Ted Cruz. Ah, was, is he a cloaked racist? <laughs> and Trump is just an outright one? Aren't they all? <laughs> Except for Trump. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, you remember early, I think it was in maybe February, Glenn Beck thought that uh, God brought about the death of Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia in order to encourage Americans to vote for Ted Cruz. So God murdered Scalia, which, you know, that this shit happens. It's a that's, roundabout that's, way to get some votes. That's one of the <laughs> one of the few decisions God's made that I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. God is like behind he's his plans to get people elected. It's it's like Ocean's Eleven in its complexity. It's, it's <laughs> layers upon layers. First, I shall kill Scalia. Then, <laughs> you know the white horse prophecy, Matt. I more no. Have this uh, white horse prophecy. I think is that uh, the Constitution is going to be hanging by a thread. Oh, but that that phrase "hanging by a thread" resonates with Mormons. So uh, Beck was sitting there on, on his broadcast, saying, "I couldn't help but wonder why. Why now? Why did you have to take Antonin now?" Uh, that was Pat Gray, and Beck said, "You know, I was listening to you guys, and I just want to say, Pat, I think I have an answer for you on that." Uh, and so now he's um, <laughs> speaking as if he is God. It isn't amazing. You you have this uh, tremendous reverence for God and Jesus as a Christian or a Mormon or whatever, but you have absolutely no fucking problem stepping into his shoes and speaking for him. Right? Isn't that blasphemy? Anyway, he uh, speaks as God. I just woke the American people up. I took them out of the game show moment and woke enough of them up to say, look how close your liberty is to being lost. The Constitution is hanging by a thread. That thread has just been cut. And the only way that we survive now is we have a true constitutionalist as president. But it's been cut. Isn't it too late? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's still falling. I don't know. He can only... Cruz can catch it. Um, (laughs) Only he possesses the necessary amount of lacking any (laughs) physical ability and body fat to cushion its fall, I guess. That was in February. In March, Glenn Beck says, I have said that I believe he's given us the opportunity to unite behind Ted Cruz. I believe that Ted is a man of God. I do believe that if we study, pray, and seek God's inspiration, he will touch our hearts. We will see the truth about the two candidates, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, and he will inspire us on the truth. I have seen this man's life. I have watched this man. I have prayed about this man. I have prayed about it myself, out loud, in quiet, with my family. But Jesus fucking God, he is praying everywhere, Matt. Everywhere. (laughs) Hate the shit out of everything. And I happen to believe that Ted Cruz actually was anointed for this time. 
Would there not be someone that was in the pool that might have the right qualifications for God? Is he that disinterested in all of us? Or is it perhaps possible that just like in the Bible, people were raised from birth for a specific time? Oh, boy. That was in March. And remember, the primary is still going on. I think in March still everyone thought, oh, fuck, it's going to be Trump. Everyone but Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck's holding out for a miracle. Yeah, so was I. (laughs) I (laughs) Yeah, but your miracle, Ted Cruz? Oh, no, not Ted Cruz. (laughs) Oh, my God. Although, he's looking pretty good right about now, huh? Huh? Mid-August? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, Ted Cruz know. is under a rock somewhere just like going, hey, like me now. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys. I told you. That's not a bad cruise, Chuck. You could just get the lizard tongue thing going. Yeah, I mean, he keeps going on. In May, he said that God has raised up Cruz to save this nation, just as he raised up George Washington, the founding father. Oh. <laughs> Once again. If you're going to claim God is picking leaders, he's also picked Hitler and Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein and fuck whoever you want to name that we don't like. Uh, right? You got to give God his fair due. Well, uh, I guess you have to have a challenge. You can't just have a, a whole world of everybody's great and happy. Right. You got. You can't have good without evil, right. man. We know those spiritual... Uh, Ejaculations exercises. What was that thing Tony Perkins said? (laughs) Encouraging spiritual exercises. Encouraging. In May, uh, Beck says, make no mistake, we are being watched. We are being watched by our maker. Every single state is being required, and I believe, and they're going to rake me over the coals for saying it. So be it. I believe that's the Almighty saying, each one of you, I want you to stand and you choose good or evil. Which way will we go? Am I still your God, and are you still my people? Choose who you will serve. So that's, uh, God, that's right out of the Bible, too. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, choose you this day whom ye will serve. That's right from the Bible. So uh, it didn't go Glenn Beck's way, Matt, even Uh, after all. After God went to all this uh, trouble of anointing Ted Cruz from fucking birth, he doesn't get selected. He was the chosen one. (laughs) You were supposed to save us. You were supposed to save the force, not destroy it. No, wait, sorry, I was... Sorry, prequel flashback. <laughs> ah, cut off his arms, legs, and leave him by a river of lava. Good so, so uh, Glenn Beck's a little out of sorts that uh, God's plan was squashed, I guess. Yeah. It's just such a fucking... He's so impotent now. Wait, who's the, go- be... who's the skunk dick here? Is it God for appointing the wrong... <laughs> anointing the wrong Take appointee? Take your pick. <laughs> Glenn Beck, Ted Cruz, God, uh, America for rejecting God's anointed. I don't know. When we say we don't know what the Lord has in store for us, oh, I do. Our, uh, our reaping of what we have sown. So I really think this was the last reckoning for us. This was like, please, guys. You know, it's that, that old joke. I sent you a boat. I sent you, I sent you a helicopter. <laughs> You know, no, the Lord's going to save me. No, I, I sent all those. I got, I got it. We just continue to make the wrong choice. So I would look for the things that we're supposed to learn as individuals. But I think the country and all of us as individuals are going to um, reap what we have sown. 
and there's nothing that's going to get us out of that. His consequences are eternal, and they are, they are not judgments, they're promises. You do this, and this is what happens. You do this, and this is what happens. We did that, so we're going to get that. Now, we can still turn to him, which all of us have done, and, said, and can say, help us make it easier. Help us learn from it. Help us help other people through it. But I don't think there's a savior running in on a white horse. Because, uh, quite honestly, uh, we're not, we're a petulant child. That we're the child that we have talked to, we have reasoned with, we have put in time out, we have grounded, we have spanked, and the behavior is getting worse. The last thing you do is right before the punishment, come in and say, you know what, I'm going to take all that away. That would be a bad dad. That would be a very bad dad. And the one thing I know about God, he ain't a bad dad. He's not, he ain't a bad dad. He's a bad dad, man. I'm going to write a book about God called, he ain't a bad dad. <laughs> he's been a bad dad for a long The best <laughs> you can say about God is he's an absent father. He ain't a bad dad. He's a shitty dad. He... <laughs> Just ain't nowhere to be found. He's like he's an absentee, doesn't pay child support, sleeping with strippers. Well, that part's okay. Raises Ted Cruz. I mean, what kind of shittier dad can you possibly really? want? So yeah, uh, so after all of this shit about him anointing Ted Cruz, blah blah blah, uh, he gets uh, goes down in flames. Trump's the nominee, so God apparently is going to punish us. I'm waiting, waiting well, for it. We deserve it. According to Glenn Beck. Well, that's, that was a good one, Chuck. Uh, that was our winner. One of those people. Glenn Beck. Just say Glenn Beck. Take your pick. Should we finally finish Mother Teresa? Yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to Mother Teresa. But first, I do have an episode of Matt's Anthropological Corner. Oh, my God. Is it going to be one of those things where we... Uh... Go the entire podcast and not talk about Mother Teresa at all? No, we're totally going to talk about Mother Teresa. Okay. All right. I mean, unless you don't want to do a Matt's Anthropological Corner. Quite possibly, my favorite part of this podcast is Matt's Anthropological Corner. Well, then, without further ado, here is... Sit back and sleep the entire time. Oh, sorry. I just talked right over you like you weren't (laughs) even there. (laughs) Take it away, Matt. Okay. You've probably said yourself many, many times over the year, why are the, why are the, I almost said the Egyptians. That was a secondary group that inhabited uh, the Sudan, but uh, not the Egyptians. A, a little farther down the Nile. <laughs> why are the Egyptians uh, portrayed as the bad guys in the Bible when in fact we know that they were totally awesome, right? They had amazing civilization, writing, governance, pyramids, funerary rites and practices, Mythology, beer, Chuck, beer. I, I always thought that it was because of those sneaky Jews who wrote the book. Nah, well, probably. Um, and yet, yeah, they get dumped on. They enslaved <laughs> the Jews. Oh, no, they made them build pyramids. And then what thanks do they get? They run all over their country and they shit all over. Not only Egypt, but their accomplishments and history. Yeah, Egypt sets them free after 400 years of enforced servitude. And they're like, oh, I'll get even with these fuckers. Yeah. I am so, I'm so posting this. So, yeah, it, it was the Jews. That's the answer. 
So Mel Gibson was right all along. <laughs> that was the answer. Mel Gibson was right. <laughs> no, but there's been a new discovery that will maybe, finally, conjecturally, you know, just kind of spitballing here, uh, shed some light on the issue. And this new that, discovery... That yeah. sounds like a good name for a bag of potato chips. <laughs> Mel Gibson was right. <laughs> Mel Gibson was right? Potato chips? <laughs> I believe they're known as crisps, Chuck. Sorry, I'm pandering to our foreign audience. What part of the globe are you living in? <laughs> the hell's a crisp? Ugh. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. Um, so this what was the topic again? <laughs> was it Egyptians or beer? It was Egyptians, and why are they portrayed as the bad guys? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, even though we know they're awesome. Hey, a discovery at Tel Hazor which I believe is French for the fox, or um, no. I think it's Esperanto for the place where the making of golden water and brown earth are laid to rest. No, just kidding. It's Vulcan. It means bring the dead one unto me so that McCoy may die of alcoholism. Oh, yeah. It's Tell like, Hazor. It's Vulcan for make the, <laughs> make the captain look like he's dead so I'll break my pawn far. Yes. All right, it comes from the Hebrew, um, also from Arabic. It depends if it's one L or two. I won't tell you which, though. You're just going to have to guess. But it just means tall or a hill or a mound. Uh, so Tal Hazor is like the Hazor Hill. See? Huh? That, that was fascinating. Now on to Mother <laughs> Teresa. Anyway, uh, some history for you. A tell is a type of archaeological mound like a small truncated hill. Essentially, it's a constructed hill made by people living over and over in one spot, constantly building and rebuilding, and the level rises, much like the Dark Knight, except without the ridiculous ending. But the biggest contributor to the tell are mud bricks, which, as you can imagine, are kind of a sucky building material, and as they tend to disintegrate rather quickly, and they add to the mound. See? <laughs> That's a tell. Everybody, everybody up to speed? Uh, yeah, so a tell could be like a hill or even a house. So tell Hazor can also be the house of the pillars at Hazor. Kind of like Salt Lake City. It's the city of Salt Lake. What are we talking about? Um, oh, anyway. Uh, during excavations just last week, actually like three weeks ago. Uh, but plenty of time to figure this out. Not just a bunch of speculation at all, Chuck. Not at all. Uh, archaeologists discovered a 4,000-year-old fragment of a large limestone statue of an Egyptian official. Only the lower section of the statue still remains, but accused a few lines of hieroglyphic script and a foot. That's where you chime in. Wait. What and do you mean you a say, foot? You like say a unit of foot? measurement? <laughs> no. Like a foot of this, this, the feet of the statue is all that's left. The rest of it's gone. Oh. And now do you understand why the Egyptians are portrayed as the bad guys? No. No. Because of the foot? foot? Yeah. So archaeological professor Amnon Bentor of Hebrew University's Institute of Archaeology, who himself has been working at the site for over 27 years, told the Jerusalem Post that it's likely this statue was placed at the official's tomb or at a temple. 27 years, Chuck, and he just found this thing? Just found a foot? What have you been doing? 27 now, years. 27 years. And a foot is all he's found. That's it. And uh, some mud bricks. Now this is, Telzor is an archaeological guy in the Levant, and it's the only one to have any large Egyptian statues from the 2nd 
millennium BCE. You know, first millennium, third millennium, that shit's all over. But second, no, forget about it. This is the only one. Um, the only other thing is a fragment of a sphinx and uh, also part of the uh, statue of the Egyptian pharaoh Menkare that dates back to the 25th century BCE. Menkar, Menkare? Menkare. 25th uh, century is, BCE? Yeah. 20, 25th century BCE. So uh, you're talking Old Kingdom. Yeah. Like when the pyramids were being built. Yes. Yeah. But um, but this one dates to the second millennium BCE. So do that math. <laughs> anyway, this is the Amarna period. You're familiar with the Amarna period, right? What's significant about it, Chuck? The Amarna period is when uh, the heretic pharaoh Akhenaten uh, fucked up with every major pillar of Egyptian society. Fuck the military. Uh, screw the religion. And uh, as it didn't want to really be pharaoh. He just wanted to be high priest. So he, That's very uh, good. They moved all the way over to this Amarna place and built his holy city. It lasted a few years, then he died, and then everyone <laughs> went back and <laughs> that business as usual. Very well, we got We got King Tut out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Egyptian religion took a turn towards monotheism under Akhenaten, and most of Canaan, or latter day, who? Wait. Canaan? Canaan? Came? Latter Anyone? day Canaanites? Israel! Oh. Uh, this is when Canaan was under Egyptian control. This is significant because historians were not aware that Tel Hazor was an Egyptian stronghold, or that an official was there as well. So historians don't know shit. And you should never believe them. That is the moral of this story. <laughs> so, why are the Egyptians? Why are the Egyptian hate there, buddy? Huh, guy, friend? No. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I wrote this myself. By the way, can you tell? No, you can't tell. It so sounds professional. <laughs> uh, yeah. First of all, scholars or charlatans uh, dispute the historicity <laughs> of the Exodus account. There's no evidence for a mass migration of Jews out of Egypt, no written accounts for the Egyptians or by the Egyptians. And those fuckers were crazy as fuck about writing shit down. Right. So why? Why? Here is the professional's answer. <clears throat> Perhaps the biblical description of dominance by Egyptians actually has very little to do with enslavement and more to do with the cultural memory of the more distant Amarna period in Canaan. The Israelites were never subject to national enslavement in Egypt. But as this new discovery reminds us, the land of Canaan was under the foot. <laughs> Get it? The oh foot. Oh my God. Did he find the exact foot that they were underneath? <laughs> under the foot of pharaonic authority. Uh, the long shadows of that experience might help explain why, in the absence of a historical exodus, the biblical authors made the Egyptians the villains of their national epic. The end. Well, isn't that where we started? <laughs> <laughs> I think possibly, but we had to hear the historians tell us why. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so long story short, they found the foot. They said, oh, it's an official, statue and official. Therefore, this area was probably under Egyptian control. That means they were probably annoyed by it. And when they left, they were like, fuck you guys. We're going to write shit about you. And then they wrote their fan fiction epic and thus history. That is absolutely. Amazing. Especially the part about charlatan scholars not believing in Exodus. <laughs> we all know that it happened just like uh, Noah's flood. Come on! Yeah.
This has been another episode of Matt's Anthropological Corner. Okay. Well, that... do we have time for Mother Teresa? I think we're out of time. I think we're out of time. Holy shit. Well, it's, it's worth a shot anyway. We keep trying to get these uh, uh, the substance of the podcast in, but never really fit it in after Skunk Dicks and Anthropological Corners. Gotta stop doing those. <laughs> Maybe Skunk we dicks? should just do an episode on a topic. Once. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, uh, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. You gotta, uh, god damn it. <laughs> Your wit has been struck down by the Lord. Hang on, man, I gotta take care of these dogs. Uh, what? I guess, I guess it's just me now. All by myself. Not sure what to say. Uh, c- coming to you live and uncensored. From my basement, I'm Matt Wakefield, and this is irreligiosity. I'm really scared, and I I need my co-host back because I don't know All what right. to do. I don't know. Oh yeah. God! Thank God I'm you're back. back. Okay, I'm back. Wait, hang on a second. All no, right. don't go. Gotta get my headphones. Oh All God. Right. Okay, what else we got?